As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, non-binary, distinguished guests, welcome to Ridiculous, the life of a clown. Hi all, I'm John Towson. I'm in New York City. I do lots of things. I'm 69 years old, uh, and I've had a bunch of careers. Some of them had to do with clowns and circus and the performing arts and things like that. Uh, I started actually as a child actor on television in New York, and ironically or prophetically, my first acting experience ever uh, was just around my seventh birthday, and was in a skit with Red Skelton and Jackie Gleason. Oh, that's amazing! And um, anyway, I went on to do that, and I worked with some famous people. And uh, then I sort of led a normal life or tried to for a while. In college, I got back into the performing arts, but then I got into clowning and um, through different, uh, both historically and practically. Uh, historically, when I was a graduate student at NYU through Brooks McNamara, who was a professor who, who was fanatically interested in popular entertainments in general and, and their legitimacy as a performing arts form. And um, I studied um, circus with Hovey and Judy Burgess, now Judy Finelli. Uh, they were my, my first circus teachers. That was at NYU. And uh, yeah, one thing led to another. I studied with a lot of Lecoq people. Uh, I ended up uh, doing a lot of clown performance. Uh, had a partner, um, Fred Yockers, and uh, we worked together for, I don't know, 10, 12 years, uh, doing a two-man show. And uh, somewhere in there, I got an offer to write, a because I'd done some writing, to write a history of clowns, which I wrote. Uh, I didn't really want to do it, but they offered me money. <laughs> I'm as late as 25, 26 years old. You know, what did I know? But I did it, you know. And, uh, and this yeah. book is uh, Clowns, a Panoramic History of Fools, Jesters, Medieval Minds, Jonglers and Minstrels, Pueblo Indian Delight Makers, and Cheyenne Contraries, Harlequins, Perot's, theatrical buffoons, etc. 
Yeah, I don't know if that's a subtitle or just a blurb. I was never sure about that. Uh, if I get around to reissuing the uh, the book, my my title is going to be Clowns Volume One, <laughs> and uh, I'll leave it at that. Very nice. Right now, but, I mean, this this the book is I think what you're the most known for within our community. Um, it's it is kind of the definitive textbook on clowns for people who are studying it in an academic sense. I think I think well I think not just an academic sense. Most academics don't study clowns, <laughs> but uh, performers performers do because uh, they are very interested in their own tradition. So what, one thing that's been gratifying about it is over the years, it's been 41 years, I've had so many people, uh, clowns, say to me how important it was to them because it, it, it gave, gave them a sense of... Uh, legitimacy a sense of their tradition and, and that what they're doing had value and and so the book meant a lot to them so so that that was good you know to me it's it's still it's something i did a long time ago so uh you know i'm a different person now but anyway uh to, to make to make the bio very uh uh rapid fire here uh so i continue to do that i got married i had kids i had to take a regular job i taught college for 26 years that didn't really in, that started involving the performing arts and got more over the digital media and stuff. So I was really away from uh, the scene for a long time and um, didn't really get back into it. It's about ten or ten years, twelve years ago, and I, I retired from the college teaching seven years ago. Uh, so now I've been back and I've been uh, doing. I have a physical comedy blog. I've been directing some shows. I've been running the New York City Physical Comedy Lab. Uh, I am supposedly <clears throat> revising and reissuing the clown's book, uh, not updating it. It's still only going to go through 1975, which is why I'm <laughs> calling it Volume One. And I also have a, a physical comedy book on, uh, on the um, back burner, or maybe even getting closer to the front burner. So I'm doing I'm doing a lot of different things right now. <laughs> but I have too many projects essentially. So before we talk about the book in, in any length, uh, tell me about the Physical Comedy Lab. Physical Comedy Lab, <clears throat> physical comedy lab is something – I started a version of it with Audrey Crabtree in New York. I don't know how many years ago that would be now. Six? I'm just guessing. Um, grew out of a workshop I did at the Clown Theater Festival. Uh, and a lot of people are interested in continuing the work. You know, I'd been away from it for a long time, and I got dragged back into teaching physical comedy, which I had developed a kind of specialized course. And I was very surprised, having been away, that that so few clowns knew any of the stuff I knew, and they wanted me to teach it. And so we started this lab. We tried to keep together a, a group of about eight people to meet weekly, and we did some good stuff. It was fun, but it's hard, especially in New York, to keep a group together like that on a regular schedule. It it started dissipating after less than maybe a year or a little less. And uh, Audrey and I and uh, Billy uh, Schultz went off and decided just to work on our own rather than try to maintain the lab. But then uh, three years ago, three years ago next month, I think it was, it started it up again with a new formula, which was not basically uh, not having uh, a regular group. And it was anybody could come. The idea was you, you were 
experience. You know, it's not a, cl- a class for beginners. It's not even a class. It, it's a jam for experienced practitioners in the field. And there's no there's no set plans. You know, I, I don't I don't I'm not the teacher. I'm the organizer. We come there. We do a warm up. I mean, we pass the warm up. Or, hey, who wants to start the warm up? Okay, I'll do a few things. You do a few things. You know. Different people lead it, and after a certain point, we feel warmed up. Okay, well, what do you want to work on today? Well, you know, and sometimes I'll bring in things that um, that I'm interested in working on, but uh, but other times I don't. And other people come up with ideas, and sometimes it's you know people share skills. Uh, you know, it could be hat juggling, it could be partner acrobatics, uh, slapstick stuff, anything, anything, or. Uh, also, we do we do games, we do improvs, different kind of exercises, work on gag ideas, uh, movement ideas, anything. And, you know, and, and sometimes one thing leads, just one thing leads to another. There's like this chain reaction. You don't even know where you started from, but you got to something else. And it, the idea is that it's a research lab in the sense that you can just explore stuff, you know, without the uh, Pressure of oh well, well opening nights in two weeks so we have to stop mm-hmm. or, or that we have to know where we're going you know yeah. just can we let's just go further with this you know oh, can you do that trick well, what else can you do with this object you know so it's it's very open ended and uh, it's 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 working out okay I mean it's hard it's always hard to get people together you know and new york is crazy everybody has six jobs and is running around and uh stuff so but, but we average i don't know eight to twelve people a week and um do some fun stuff so going back to the beginning for you to when you started performing what brought you into television at such an early age oh well <clears throat> friend of the family i i grew up in a bohemian household in Greenwich Village and you know my parents were Marxists and my father was a printer and sort of in business for himself and there was a friend of the family who was a successful actress and uh, convinced uh, my parents to send photos of their kids to uh, her agent and I don't know one thing led to you know I got audition and I got the job and and I got more auditions and I often got the job i i was a cute blonde kid i think that helped uh kind of all american looks or something which is kind of funny because i had sort of the opposite background and I, I i assume i had some acting talent because i had some some really good roles i had a couple of good dramatic roles so um who knows <laughs> what were some of the highlights of, of that youth career well you know, I don't remember it super well, but I, I did kind of enjoy it. Uh, you know, I, I wasn't like, I didn't feel like I was being forced to do anything. I um, I got to work with some people. You know, the people I worked with were very nice. I was worked with Julie Andrews on the original Cinderella. I worked with Robert Preston, uh, Patty Duke, uh, you know, a lot of people like that. Um it was sort of, you know, it was normal for me because it's it's just what I did. I mean, I knew other kids didn't do it, but I, but you know, it was what I did. <laughs> okay, so jumping ahead, because uh, clowns, the book is is a big reason 
one of the big reasons I want to talk to you. What prompted the offer to write the book? Oh, it's just one of these freakish things. I mean, the editor, uh, Beth Backman at Hawthorne Books, you know, acquisitions editor, and what they do is try to find out, you know, come up with ideas for books that don't exist, right? And that's their job. And she looked around and she saw there wasn't really any kind of authoritative book on English on in English on the history of clowns. And she had found out about me through a, a connection as somebody who'd already done some writing and somebody who was performing as a clown. Uh, and so she wrote me <laughs> and uh, wanted me to, to come up with a proposal. And I was, you know, like I said, I was 25 or I was like, I've done some reading in this area, you know, uh, I'm in graduate school. I was in graduate school. I could do research, but I, but I was like, I'm too young. I don't know. I, I'm not going to do this. This is stupid. It's crazy. And I didn't do much of anything. I didn't do anything. And then, um, except mentioned it to some friends and they were like, are you crazy? I've been trying to get published for 15 years and you get an offer and you don't, <laughs> they were like really mad at me. <laughs> so, okay. Well, maybe I'll write a proposal. And one afternoon, I remember sitting down, and I just wrote this proposal in like three hours and sent it off, and I thought nothing of it. Uh, and I didn't hear anything from them, because the way it works is that the, um, you know, the editor gives it to their salesman, and the salesman, probably all men in those days, the sales staff, uh, take it to the bookstores and say, do you think you can sell this book, right? And if they get a good answer from the bookstores, then... Then you get a contract. Right? So I think six months went by when suddenly I got this phone call and saying, "Yeah, they want to do the book, and they're going to give me a ten thousand dollar advance," which is you know, which For was about, period, yeah, yeah, but that was bunk my annual salary or something, yeah. or more, more so. <laughs> Actually, I think it was six thousand up front and four thousand when I delivered the manuscript. So that's how it happened. I just you did it for. I just did it for the money. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's you know, we, we, we love our art, but we, we we need to we need to pay the rent. Um, so you 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 had to do. I'm assuming you had to do a tremendous amount of research for this book because it covers so much of the history and origin of clowns in not just Western culture but other cultures as well. That the Aboriginal cultures that have a clown archetype. Um, can you tell me about that process? I think the process is probably a blur to me, um, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, there, there, were, there was a ton of research. Uh, I, I was younger and faster then, I guess, and I was just able to, I don't know, um, go in, dig, and, 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 and make connections and put things together. Uh, I, I think... I think if I were to try it now, it might take me four years instead of a little over a year. I mean, I did it a little over a year. So, um, yeah, kind of amazing <laughs> now that you mentioned it. But uh, it's – I had – you know, Brooks McNamara was my editor. So, you know, he helped me with the with the writing. He, he was very – Brooks was very good on clarity. And and um, Hubby and uh, Judy – Hubby Burgess and Judy Burgess – uh, I had helped Hubby on been the editor for his book, uh, Circus Techniques, the year before. <clears throat> and so they helped me uh, on my book. Uh, you know, Hubby would uh, 
was a, a uh, and still is a real um, encyclopedist on on circus and clown stuff. So so he would he'd help with stuff and and, and Judy as well. And Judy shot all the photos for my book. Oh, oh, really? That's there's yeah. gorgeous photography in that book. I didn't know that. I've known yeah. Judy for many years. I did not know she did a lot of the photography. She did the photography. I mean, not of the original clown. I mean, you know, they come to the, the pictures come from all over. But 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 she was she went to me. She went with me to the libraries and shot stuff in the archives and things like that. Yeah. And um, so, you know, that that was a big help. And. You know, somehow it happened. It's like, you know, how does you know how does a show happen? The show must go on. You have a deadline, and uh, it happens. You know. So currently on Goodreads, uh, the book is ranked uh, 4.5 out of five stars. Uh, there's only one, you know, comment review, and it's from me from about five or six years ago, talking about how much of an impact the book had on me personally, um, and and it did. It it really expanded uh, my interest in in the maybe the anthropological function of of clown um it's a lot of it has a lot of uh testimonials on amazon because my my uh, practice is when when uh, i get one of those letters somebody telling me how much it meant to them i say thank you i really appreciate that now go go right <laughs> for me well and and on amazon a brand new copy runs just under two hundred dollars how how big was your print run if you recall when you first when they first released think, the book uh i think all told <clears throat> there were a cup there were there was more than one print run for the hardcover and um then there was the paperback i i think they may have there may have been as many as twenty thousand but i i don't know maybe i just fantasized that they're just, they're it, it's just... okay, but 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 what happened was Hawthorne got uh, bought by Dutton, and Dutton got bought by the Dutch um, publishing giant Elsevier, and so along the way that they you know decided to let the book go out of print, limited shelf space in bookstores and all that, so I, I got the rights to it, so it was oh, really. It was really only in print for a few years or something, I think. But it's wonderful that the rights reverted back to you. So, so when you say that you are quote unquote working on a on on updating it, what what kind of time frame are you looking at with that? Uh, I have a November 2016 deadline. Okay. <laughs> yeah. How, how did that a go? Little, getting a little sketchy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, a couple of things happened. Uh, well, I won't get into that. <laughs> so, but, but but let's let's just say uh, uh, it is it, it is it is happening. Uh, it, it's 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 not uh, it's not just a fantasy. Uh, the, the, what what the new di- let me tell you what the new edition will be. It'll 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 cover the same time period. Uh, however. Two, two major changes, one of which is a lot's been written about a lot of the things in that book. So there's a lot more information out there. And that will that will be reflected in the chapters. In fact, the, um, the 12 chapters of the book will be 15, because three of the chapters I'm dividing into two chapters. Nice. Um, just because 
um, there's so much and, and, and it will make more sense. So, so there will be more, there will be more information that that's, that's one biggie. The other thing is the, the new version will have, I would say a hundred, probably 150 new color images. Because they are readily available these days from museums, usually for free. Usually for free. Like I, you know, I went through the British Museum archives, and oh, here's 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 twelve uh, images I could use in, in in the new book, and I send them the I send them the ID numbers, and the next day they've sent me high res files that with no royalty fees. Oh, that's amazing. You know, well, but it's also true of Library of Congress, Metropolitan Museum. It, things are things are becoming, uh, you know, the digital archives are are uh, pretty amazing. Things are becoming available, so it's a lot easier. You just sort of become an aggregator. So, so it will be more of a, um, it will be at least a nine by twelve format instead of a six by nine. It will have probably more text, but we'll have a, it will have a lot more graphically going forward. And the other thing, the, the easier part, there will actually be a second book, a companion volume, which I'm calling The Clown Files. And that's just documents from clown history. This is stuff I have, so it's not that hard for me to put together. Uh, it's not original writing. I'm not not original by me. But it's you know things like scripts and manifestos and firsthand accounts and Stuff like that. Uh, interesting stuff. Not not a, a page turner. Are you going to be releasing a digital version as well? Um, yeah, likely, likely at some point. I know. I mean, at I like this it. day and age, I do almost all of my reading on a device. Just yeah. You never leave it behind. You never lose your book. You never it never gets borrowed and not returned. It's always with you wherever you go. Um, so as someone who's interested deeply in the history of clowns and uh the kind of evolution of clown through culture um what other texts and sources other than yours would you recommend people reach out to uh, that's too big of a question <laughs> i mean uh, i'd have to email you a list of 100 <laughs> books or something you know i mean uh so when did clown you know, clown is such a, a big word. I, I don't get hung up on the word all that much. You know, so many arguments over what's a real clown and what isn't and stuff. But, yeah, but that's that's half our podcast, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you know, it depends on 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 what aspect of it you're interested in, and uh, could go, you could go anywhere. There so, will be a new, the new and updated bibliography. <laughs> wonderful. Um, so leaving the book aside. Uh, going back to your performing career, um, what made you hang that up? Um, it was a combination of things, I think. One was well, one was simply logistical. You know, I was married. My first son was born, um, and he, uh, you know, I I, I couldn't travel nine months out of the year. I, I needed health insurance, blah, blah, blah. And I was able to get this college teaching job. And I thought I'd still be able to do everything, <laughs> you know. And uh, that was, that was, a, that was a, an illusion. 
And uh, so I sort of drifted away. I mean, that was part of it, just kind of like I just couldn't do everything. And, you know, the, the other thing was to I really felt I mean, I managed to make a living performing. So I must have had something going for it, but I didn't really felt I, you know, I didn't really feel like it was my true calling. I felt I I felt like I was with with shows that I was very creative and you know when I worked with people on shows I was the one who often did the writing <laughs> I was the one who had a, a lot of the stage and directorial ideas so I, I drifted more towards that you know than than to than to performing uh, and and maybe it was more fun for me to be honest with you but it was just also more practical at that point in my life that makes complete sense. So I, I always say uh, uh, my greatest gift of clowning was when I retired from clowning. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so you you still teach on occasion. I remember just a couple of years ago you came up to San Francisco and gave some lectures at the Circus Center uh, for the Clown Conservatory and um, and other students about uh, clown and history of clowns. Is that something you're still doing? Yeah, I mean. It, it, I, I am like I'm going to be teaching in Italy in, in April. Uh, I've done more teaching in Europe than here. Um, the thing is, at this point in my life, you know, I, I taught college for 26 years, so I don't, I don't have this like great urge to always be teaching. You know, I enjoy it when I do it, especially with clowns. You know, because like, you know, people who really want to learn what I have to teach. As opposed to sometimes with college, where they can just be there because they need the credits and they don't really care. Uh, so it's it's fun teaching when I do, but but I don't really want to do it full time. You know, I'm, I'm I'm supposedly retired. I don't. The money's always good, but I I don't necessarily need the money to survive. So I'm not really out there hustling like that, and. So I'm more I'm more excited by things that are creative. So that's working on shows or the explorations we do in the lab than I am in, in teaching. But I mean I like to do it you know, sometimes. I like to do it sometimes. Just not full time. Um let's talk briefly about uh about physicalcomedy.blogspot.com. Do I have that right? Physicalcomedy.blogspot.com sounds right to me, yeah. <laughs> Uh, how did it come into be? What what is your your goal in doing it? What how do you curate? What kind of material you put up? Um, when I started drifting back in into this realm ten twelve years ago, or being pulled back in by old friends who wanted me to do stuff. I think I, I, I hit on the blog because you know, I, this physical comedy book that I said is sort of on the back burner is something I started literally in the late 80s. I mean, I, I, I had a Fulbright to France in 1990 to do research for it. I mean, it's, it's, it's a half-done book and could be a full-done book. But I knew I'd been away a long time, so I looked, I, I, I looked at the 
blog as a way of getting back in and and reexamining everything and you know it was, it was a new era it was the digital era suddenly you could find um everything on youtube uh so that's that's kind of how it started and i i i enjoyed it i mean i enjoy writing uh and i enjoy the detective work of the you know the history of it all and you know that was true of the clown book and the revising the clown book, but it's you know it's true of the of the physical comedy stuff too, which I don't by the way see as you know specifically clown. Uh, I'm I'm interested in physical comedy in all of its manifestations. They don't necessarily revolve around the clown character. Uh, I mean they're very very close. Obviously a lot of lot of connections, but but. It was somewhat of a change of focus to me to go into into that, and uh, it was also when I when I was teaching this stuff, uh, I, I originally taught some college courses, you know, like in summer theater programs and stuff, and I, I developed three full length courses. One one was clown, one was circus, and one was physical comedy. These were all practical courses, you know, okay. and. I found that the, I, I liked them all, but I found the physical comedy one I felt was the most original because I was really researching different kinds of techniques, you know, partner acrobatic things, all kinds of slapstick stuff. I was studying Keaton movies and and uh, re, reconstructing bits and, and and moves and and then I was evolving this curriculum where where I really integrated skills with character and and, and story and and. You know, because it was a full-length college course, so we really had time uh, to put it all together, and that doesn't happen in these intensive workshops. So, uh, physical, the physical comedy thing became my emphasis, and that's that's why that's also the emphasis of the blog. Now I'm, you know, in the last couple of years, I've been busy with other things, and I haven't even been on the blog hardly at all. Until like a couple of months ago, when I finally kind of pulled myself together and, and decided I'm going to try to get out a, a post every week, and I've been and I've been doing that. I enjoy it. Uh, I think one of the problems is I you know I have an idea for a post and I tell myself I can do that in an hour or two, and I you know one thing leads to another and one lead, one clue, and and my 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 uh, desire to rewrite everything all the time. You know, I find out I just spent ten hours on a post. It's like, no, I don't have that amount of time for this post. You know, so I, I think I may be, you know, I, I should be phasing it out and just do the damn book. You know? <laughs> just... Okay, so before we wrap up, a couple more final questions. Um, first off, if people want to find you and your work online, where should they look for you? Well, I'm on Facebook. <laughs> that's that's that's. Facebook and the blog are, are, are probably the best places, and my emails available on just my name at gmail dot com. So I'm 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 very easy to reach. Um, I'm in New York City. I travel a lot, but I'm here about eight months out of the year. I'm very easy to find. Um, and performers out there, if if they if they visit uh, New York, uh, are very welcome to come to the lab. We we often have out of town guests. 
out of the country guests and you get to meet me and, and a lot of other clown physical comedy types in New York. Yesterday we had uh, four people from the Happenstance Theater from Maryland and they're in town doing a show and they all came to the lab. We've had people from Europe, from Mexico, Brazil, all over the place. So yeah, I'm, 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 I'm pretty easy to track down, I would say. Okay. Uh, second to last question. Um, in terms of the media that influenced you as a performer, I guess maybe also in, in, in your, in your more scholarly activities, um, what are, what are some pieces of media and be they play clown music, theater, uh, film, whatever, um, that you think are, are maybe overlooked and people should be paying more attention to? Huh? Well, I don't know. I mean, I'm amazed that a lot of maybe younger performers don't know much of anything about the silent era. I mean, I've taught workshops for clowns who are good clowns. They're good performers. You know, they've never seen a Buster Keaton movie, <laughs> you know, so obviously he's not unknown, but, but, uh, but I'm kind of, I'm kind of amazed that, that people don't know that stuff. I mean, that's, that should be a requirement. <laughs> if, if, if this were a required course, you would have to watch. Um, I, I, and, and Keaton was somebody who was, who I really related to a lot. And, and I've written this on the blog, but, you know, back in the day, back in the day, in the seventies, you know, or I guess in the seventies, VHS was just, you know, coming out and Keaton was certainly wasn't on the early VHS. If you want to see Keaton movies, you know, you, you had to go to the Elgin Cinema, which was like, you know, one of these old, dirty revival movie theaters. Now, now it's the, the fancy Joyce Theater, the dance theater, but it was the Elgin, you know. And once a year, they'd have a Keaton festival. And you'd go there with your notebook and you'd watch, you know, and and half the clowns in New York would be there. Hubby Burgess would be two two rows away. And, you know, every everybody would be watching. That, that's how we learned. Late, later we Oh my God, Keaton's on VHS, you know. Oh, the shorts. Oh my God, they got the shorts. So, but I, I guess I would say the stuff. I mean, I don't tell people, you know, what they should do or, but you know, the stuff that I find interesting is the stuff I put on my blog, and I, I, you know, I'm up to something like 430 posts, and you know, they're, they're, the posts are substantial. They, they include more than one thing. They include some real writing and research most of them do so you know there's a treasure trove there yeah i was looking I, at it just the other day and um there's a fairly recent post in which you've got red skeleton uh the 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 i can't remember the name of of the product but there's something other gin guzzler's oh, gin guzzler's gin yeah <laughs> yeah and i'm just i was just shocked at how incredibly verbal it was uh, the entire piece. I, I, I guess I hadn't seen as much Red Skelton as I thought I had. He's done. He was. He well. He did all kinds of stuff. He did all kinds of stuff. Uh, I mean, he was parodying a commercial. You know, so that's why the. You know, he's he was playing the 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 text against the uh, movement of the drunk. So I mean, that's the whole point there. But but he did he did straight mind stuff. He did all kinds of. The actual, actually, the the subpoena gag in that in that piece was just I'd never seen that gag before, and I I was really uh, 
taken with it, taken to the degree that I'll probably take it at some point. But that was really funny. Um, okay, one last question, John, before we let you go. Um, if you could tag three other clowns to be on this podcast after you, who would they be? Oh, my God. Let's see. Um, hmm. You want obvious choices or less obvious choices? It's up to you. It's your decision. Sure. Uh, have, on, have, on some, have, have on some good women clowns. <laughs> uh, Love them. Uh, most, most of the, when I see clowns, most, most of the better clowns these days are women. And I'm, I'm not just saying that to be politically correct. I think... Uh, I think they're taking over, uh, which is good. Let's see. Who are some interesting women clowns? I mean, in uh, abroad, I mean, Car Caroline Dream, who wrote a book, The Clown Inside You. She's in Barcelona, but she's British, and, and she, she has Skype. She's on Facebook. Uh, she's married to Alex Navarro, who has the clownplanet.com uh, blog in Spanish. Um, but but she's, she's very good. Um in uh, in France, uh, Caroline Simons, uh, who runs the whole uh, Paris hospital clown operation, very interesting woman, also on Facebook. Uh, in the United States, uh, gee, there's a ton. There's Hillary Chaplin, who I work with at the lab every week. Uh, Audrey Crabtree, who's out in uh, Circus Harmony in St. Louis. Diane Wozniak, who I'm sure you know, uh, if you haven't had her on yet. Mookie Cornish, who... Uh, oh, I love Mookie so much. I haven't yeah. seen her in years, but she's so good. Yeah. That's enough. <laughs> That's yeah. more than three. <laughs> okay. So, John, thank you so much for talking with us. And oh, uh, we look forward to everything else you've got coming out in the near future. Um, yeah. Yeah. I hope I'll... Hope I'll uh, uh, <laughs> get organized enough to to knock some of them off instead of having eight going at the same time and finishing nothing. That's sort of where I'm at sometimes. But never a dull moment. All right. It was lovely talking to you, man. Okay. Thanks for doing this. Bye bye. Bye bye. Thank you for joining us today on Ridiculous Life of a Clown. This program, as always, is made possible by your support through our Patreon, which you can find through www.picklewater.com. Also, please join us this coming January 27th, 2018 at 7 p.m. at Stageworks Theater in San Francisco for a huge circus gala featuring clowns, comedians, and burlesque dancers all in benefit of Planned Parenthood. Hope to see you then. Bye-bye. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.